0: Podcast one. You are listening to episode 112 of the Howie Games, part B, featuring UFC star Robert Whittaker. Let's keep punching. Okay, now you face the pickle, now you get my son, whose questions sometimes need to be um, explored a little more than he would hope. He's a bit of a loose cannon. He's only eight. You'll hear that he has a nickname as well. So, are you ready to go, Rob, for the uh, the young bloke, Mac? Let's do it. All right. Hey, Robert, Big Penguin here. I've heard that your nickname is the Reaper. Cool nickname. As you know, my nickname is the Big Penguin. I just woke up one day and said, I want to be called the Big Penguin. So, everybody called me the Big Penguin in my family. But what I want to know is, when did you come up with the name Reaper or someone else. So did you follow that? He named himself the Big Penguin when he was three and it stuck. But he's fascinated by your nickname. Why the Big Penguin? Oh, mate, who knows? He woke up one morning and he said, Dad, I need you to call me Big Penguin. And I said, OK, Penguin. He said, no, it needs to be Big Penguin. Mate, we went through a stage when you would walk around coals. And if you called him by his name, he would ignore you. You had to call out across the aisle, hey, big penguin. People look at you like
1: you're a lunatic. <laughs> I I love that, but I just do not get it. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't get it, it either. but I do not get it at all. Like, <laughs> there, like that has opened up so many questions, so many questions. Like, penguins are a shit animal. I don't see them. I don't. Well, he's got he's got a little one that he sleeps
0: with. In fact, he's got he's got big penguin, he's got black penguin, and he's got blue penguin, all stuffed into his bed. So I, I, there's not much room in there for anyone else. That's
1: so good. I, I love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> so Reaper, uh, the fascinating names in in mm. all combat sport. Did you give it to yourself? He wants to know. Did someone give it to you? So, Do you like
1: it? So two things. So a lot of my early career, I didn't have a fight name at all. And then, and I started thinking to myself. If I don't give myself a fight name, yep, someone's going to give it to me. Yes, and I may like I may not like it at all. I'm one of the type of dudes that spend ninety percent of the time in games at name selection. Okay, so <laughs> okay. names have power. Yes, names are important. So um, I I just started running through my what year eight English alliteration thing. Where I was going through all the letters, seeing what rhymes, seeing what sounded cool, and I was like went through all the R words (laughs) as you do, all the W words. And then I said reaper and it just sounded cool. Like it just it it fit and then as well as thematically, like if we look at what it represents, you know, it just Mm. it's it just fit me so well. And Like in terms of of martial arts, in terms of being a combat athlete, I've been a fighter, that's what I want to embody. I want to embody the inevitable, you know, death. Can't be stopped, can't be touched. It's inevitable. And that's what I wanted to embody when I stepped into the octagon.
0: Let's use the uh, Romero fight, the first one. Mm -hmm. You beat him a couple of times as a real... Chance, if you don't mind, to move into your world.
1: Presenting Yoel, Soldier of God, Romero!
0: The first time you became a UFC champion, take me to the morning of the fight, take me through the physical and mental side of life prior to stepping into the ring.
1: Morning of the fight. No, like, honestly, every fight is the same. Every morning is the same. Every night is the same. Every lead up is the same, and that's the pro- that's the problem with with fighting. Is that, like it never gets easier. So I see these guys that are fighting in their late forties, and I think like it blows my mind because from the first time I stepped in there to the moment I stepped in there two weeks ago. I, it the nerves tear me apart, and I always wonder why the hell I'm doing this. is terrible. Like it, it never gets easier. So, and that that's the thing I think people need to think about as well. Like other fighters at his martial artists is that is that the first fight that I had as a nobody, no named, against a guy that nobody remembers, nobody knows, at a much lower level than I am today. Obviously, was the exact same as the fight I had two weeks ago. Huh. Because the in in essence fighting is the same, you're going out there with everything you have to stop this guy to stop this guy opposite you, who's trying to take away everything you have, and that in itself doesn't change to this guy, to that guy, to this guy. I mean, there isn't a fight where this guy's only half trying, so it changes the essence of the fight. You know what I mean? It, yes. Everyone is trying to kill you, and everyone you're trying to kill them, and so. Whether you're an amateur fighter or a, or, a, or a UFC champion, they're all the same. You need, to, you need to come to grips with that. It's all the same. So you have to treat them all the same. Anyway, so I got off track. So with, um, with, with the morning preparations, it's always the same. I get up, I have a light breakfast because I like going into fights hungry. I'm thinking about the fight all day. I'm moving around a bit. I'm trying my best to not think about it. So I'm reading books or I'm playing video games and I'm doing my best not to, but it's always there. You can feel it you can feel it like your body knows your body knows fight time is almost here it's almost time to go to work and my body knows my legs feel light I feel jittery I feel an energy that is brimming through my entire body all day it makes me feel sick it makes me feel my heart is pounding fast like it's like it's hard to explain my body knows it's almost time to go to war and that that's a terrible experience it's (laughs) It's not so stressful the entire day. It sounds intense. Yeah, and as you get closer to the fight, it only gets worse.
0: So take me now to half an hour before a fight. Like, what are you doing to quell your nerves and your self-doubt? Do you have self-doubt at that point?
1: Uh, Yeah, self-doubt doesn't really come into it there. Like, you think, sometimes you think of what, could happen in a fight like a, it goes through your head but more or less you're 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 thinking about what you want to happen you know you need you need to be on, on that mindset generally 30 minutes before a fight i'm i've got my headset on i'm listening to my japanese music loud blaring <laughs> and and I'm, my energy is firing it's all over the place it's it's i'm i'm generally like i don't know like shadow boxing dancing a little bit jumping up and down moving it's just like I've, I have all this built up, pent up energy, just condensing it, condensing it, condensing it, just waiting, just waiting for that. For that, are you ready? Is there we mentioned in the player profile about
0: fear, and you said you don't fear the fight, but you fear defeat and not doing the things you need to do for your family. Talk to me about that side of fear prior to stepping in there.
1: Yeah, so fear, fear of failure is probably the most common. Um, fear ever uh, out there. Um, I I have a fear of, of failing to perform. I want to get out there and I want to put on an exciting fight. I want to I want to display my skill set to the best that I can. I want to show the world what I can do. And if I lose to that, I'll lose happy. Okay. But uh, I really but but fearing not getting that chance to do what I want to do, to not be able to display what I can do is terrifying. You know.
0: You you always step into the octagon and y- you look like this like you you couldn't have been friendlier or warmer or more relaxed with me today I, d- I didn't know what type of <laughs> dude you were but but like that that's the smile you've got now and the laugh seems to be you walking in and then you go through a, a I don't know if it's a a a mindset process or a physical switch on but you you bang your chest which I need you to explain to me but yeah. then it's like you just look like a different. Then you look like a fighter, like mm-hmm. you. Your eyes bulge out of your head, and I think, geez, imagine stepping in there with this
1: blow. Robert the Reaper, when it comes. Yeah, I, so I bang my chest because I tapped me Southern Cross. My, my dad, my dad got that um, got that for me for my 18th birthday, and um, I, I, I tap it. He, he told me, he goes, tap it when um, whenever film to show that you're thinking of me so i i tap it for that reason but um the banging and and stuff comes from adrenaline and 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 i guess it's become almost like a switch on thing that i'm not even uh, conscious of and then and i guess in terms of switching like like i said i'm wired different i'm wired different i'm not i wouldn't say i'm normal exactly but (laughs) but uh but the, the the fight mode, the the fight or flight mode, the, the warrior thing, that only comes out when you need it to, when I need it to. Because I can't I can't imagine what it would be like going around every day to day life like that. No. Sounds stressful. <laughs>
0: do you do you recognise yourself? Like when, when when you've seen a million clips of yourself, do you recognise yourself in, in that situation when when you banged your chest and as you said it's you've, you've flipped to almost a different person?
1: Yeah, I guess it's just it's just what happens. I know that I know in my soul that this is what I was meant to be doing this is why, it's why I'm so good at it it's, it's why mm. it's, it's what I love doing like there's a there's a moment in the fight there's a moment a particular moment where it feels like time slows down a bit and I come to like a an epiphany moment almost that the guy opposite me is trying to take everything away from me he's trying to hurt me he's trying to he's trying to stop me and that that thrill and adrenaline of him of of threat, of risk is when I truly come alive. like I feel I like I get giddy almost because it's just that buzz is like nothing nothing can replicate it. it's 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 unique in that sense.
0: that's a that's a fantastic description, Rob. it's a fantastic description. So when you're in the middle of the fight now, we're basing this loosely around that first fight against Romero, how much of what you're doing is based on what you're trying to achieve, attack, and how much is based on defence, stopping mm-hmm. what he's trying to achieve. You know what I mean?
1: Oh! 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 Whitaker in a trouble here. Romero trying to capitalize. Might be over. Oh, Whitaker in real trouble. Over Just over three minutes to go. Whitaker still with it, still going for the takedown. Just wants a little bit of rest, trying to hide his head in this single leg position. When, when, once you reach the fight platform, there isn't much, there's no time for thought. There's no time for, for planning, it's just done. Okay. All the work it's done weeks and months before, you, you have that muscle memory, you're wrestling constantly, you're striking constantly, you're working that in constantly and the rest is just, you're in there now, everything's together, let's see what you do. And that's kind of how it has to be. You have a rough game plan that you try to stick to, but not one that you've just you've mentioned and then intellectually you've just taken on board. It's one you've ingrained in your body and in your muscles months out so that you just know what you should be doing or what you, you need to do. So um, there's no room for thought. If you have time to think about what you're doing, it's too late. Uh, you've seen the fights. They're too fast. They are. Because with adrenaline everything moves so quickly. Everyone is firing so fast. We're pushing our bodies past uh, a limit that is healthy, you know, and there's just, you know, I, you know, I guess that's why I love this sport so much. It's so, it's so, ah, how do I explain it? It's so raw. It's so primal. It's so dangerous. It's so deadly. It's so, it's so much. We leave the realm of normal people for a little bit, for that, for that little instance. And, uh, I guess that's why people like watching it because they they sit down and they watch it in, in awe of what people can do, of what some humans are capable of, and and that's that's really cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, Oh, mate, it's 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 you couldn't get a better description of of your sport and the addictive nature of watching it. So so amidst this maelstrom, I want to call you Reaper at this point because that's where you're in. I want to, can I call you Reaper? Sure, mate. All right. So, Reaper, amidst the milestone of all this going on, there's pauses at the end of each round, and I was watching your corner man, whatever you want to call him for a better term, and he's giving you instructions. Does any of that sink in at that point? Can you focus to listen on what advice you've been given?
1: Sometimes. Sometimes. It, it's funny because it depends. Sometimes I've gone to the stool and I'm trying to recover from getting dropped. It's... Um... <clears throat> It it depends. Also, it depends how like how tired you are, what what's happened in the fight, how many shots you've taken. It, it it's it's very um up in up in the air. Need breath. Need breath. Need breath. it's the last round. One, three rounds. Just this. this might. Throw the right hand. Stop it. Let's do it. That side of things is more a skill set on the cornerman's side of being able to get through to your fighter, which is hard. It's tricky. It's um, yeah, less on what I've done. So, in particular, last fight against against Jared, I was very, very conscious in 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 the corner. You know, to the point where I was almost making jokes. It was uh, huh. yeah, it's just different, different fights. You remember, Roger? Nice. set up your work. And when you do your work, don't admire it. Get out, reset, and start again. Okay. Even use Barry after after a track. You've got your distance on. He's moving his head a little bit when you punch. Just think about the kick, okay, after the punch. Stay switched on. Keep adjusting your feet. Use Barry.
0: So then in this particular instance, a unanimous decision. They lift your arm up and you've described your full journey from where you've come from to Taekwondo, karate, all the way through with your father, reality TV, and you are... A UFC champion. What's the moment like?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, after
0: five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. All three judges
1: score this contest 48 47 for the winner by unanimous decision and new interim UFC middleweight champion of the world, Robert the Reaper. It's just relief, relief, and then like uh, a little bit of disbelief because like uh, you're now the champ, which is which is crazy. It's the highest pinnacle of the sport, and um, yeah, but it's it's mainly just relief. You know, like I said, I've never got my hopes up. So, like uh, the championships, the winning fight, there's nothing I put my hopes into. I never, I've never gotten my hopes up. I just take everything one fight at a time and just go out there to with the hopes that I'll give everything I have with the best. Get, that my best
0: can come out. And where's the belt go? Like, do you, the, the belt, do you, do you wear it around home for a couple of
1: days? No, nah, the old man called dibs on it, so. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so has he got it up in the house somewhere? He's, or got, or? It, he's got it in his house.
0: <laughs> More of Rob Ian a tick. If you haven't already, please check out the latest Howie Hotline in the Howie Games feed where listeners record questions, send them in, and I do my best to try and answer them. Once you've done that, Find the number on the hotline episode description. It's there, easy to see, and send the question yourself. Go on. It'll be fun. Here's a taste of what goes on on the Howie Hotline. Okay Howie. My name's Daniel and I'm from Cusco, Melbourne.
1: My question to you is, after your interview with Mike Hussey, is he, in your eyes, truly Mr Cricket?
0: Mike Hussey is absolutely Mr Cricket. So I'll give you a day at the test with Mike Hussey. Get up in the morning. You might see Hus at breakfast. He's talking about cricket. You go in the car to the cricket with Huss, he's talking about cricket. Uh, Warnie's talking about other things. Huss is trying to steer it back to cricket. Brett Lee's talking about guitar. Warnie's talking about what he's been up to. Huss is talking about cricket. For the next seven hours, Huss watches the cricket, commentates the cricket, in every break talks about the cricket, (laughs) then might say, oh, let's go and get dinner tonight, and Huss is still bloody talking about cricket. So he he is the biggest cricket nuffy, and the work he does... And the confidence he's developed doing the lab at Fox Cricket where he takes you behind the scenes of what's happening is absolutely fantastic. But in answer to your question, mate, yes, Mr. Cricket is Mr. Cricket. I don't think I've met a man. So They say that Murley is obsessed with cricket. Uh-huh. So the, the, the story in cricket is if you get Murley and Huss on the same plane, they will be the two happiest blokes in the world to just talk cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> get yourself involved. All righty, let's get back to the Reaper. It's an impossible sport, like any sport, to have success every day you go out there. I mentioned at the start, 27 matches, five losses. What happens when you're knocked out? Describe the feeling
1: and the moment. Do you mind me asking you that? No, it's fine. I've never – so I'm fortunate enough that I've never been knocked out out. Yes. So like where I'm snoring, sort of like out cold. I have been stopped by TKO a lot. And so like with the Israel Adesanya fight, that was a good one. Ex- example where I got I got dropped and I got finished because I couldn't defend myself, but I was still there. So I got up, you know, I was still there. I wasn't unconscious per se. Um, so
0: let's use let's use that Adesanya fight. Mm. Um, he came in to – prior to that, he came in – I was commentating on AFL football and he came into the commentary box and we had him on for 10 minutes and he is a showman. Um, I, I don't know what he's like as a fighter, obviously, but you know we had to ha- dump half the interview because he said a lot of stuff that you couldn't put on the radio. Mm. Interesting type of character. So at what stage in that fight, you, you said there's no time for conscious thought, but at what stage in a fight do you start
1: to realise
0: you are losing the upper hand?
1: Well, that one, I, when I got dropped... <laughs> That was kind of a, a good indication that I yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, so, I was losing it.
0: Um, so what happens? How how does he drop you? Do you have before it
1: is about to happen? Do you know you're in trouble at that point? No, nah, no, nah, you don't know. Like, it, and that's another just thing. Goes like, pe- people say, aren't you afraid of being knocked out? And to be honest, you don't know you've been knocked out until you wake up. Pretty good wow. right hand counter there from Whitaker. The quickness of Adesanya to evade these high kicks, hands down
0: just leaning back out of the range of those kicks. He's got to be very careful.
1: Well, that's, that's how it works. That's what being yeah, knocked out right. means. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you are conscious of the fact that the next shot's going to knock you out and you don't dodge it of some sort, then you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Um, and like, I don't know, let's not talk too much about Israel because I think he's a piece of shit. <laughs> right. Why? No, he's just a shit person. Is he's he? He's a shit person. Yeah. No, a oh, piece of shit was too rough, too harsh. I just, he's a shithead. Yeah, that sounds better. He's a shithead. I, I don't like him. He doesn't like me. We just like that. We just do two, two cats on two different paths that just don't get along. And So and does
0: that change the dynamic of a fight? Because It did, I, it
1: did, because the last fight I was kind of very emotional. I was in a bad place for the sport itself, for my career, and um, I got a bit emotional um, in that fight just because I don't like him very much and on top of everything else that was going on. So, you emotional.
0: Like, you lost your process? Like, when you're emotional cool.
1: in a fight? I lost my cool. Right. I wasn't really fighting like I know I should fight, like I, I, okay. I normally fight. And, um, you know, props to him. He got in my head. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I just I just think he's a, <clears throat> a shithead.
0: Okay, so. <laughs> Am I, I allowed I to swear? What, oh, sorry. Yeah, of course you are. No, uh, of course okay. you are, mate. No, go, 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 go. Have a listen to Luke Longley's version of uh, The Great Australian Basketball, the yeah. version of, that he did on this show, mate. Far out. Um, He actually convinced me to swear at one stage. (laughs) So just a really specific UFC question, because um, we will have some UFC real hardcore fans listening, is that seems to be the fight that everyone's pushing again though. Mm. Now you seem to be the number one contender for his title. Do do you expect that fight to happen? Is this something we can talk
1: about or not? Yeah, I do expect it to happen because me beating Jared... Was yeah, the re- like that fight was the reward. Yes, and uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I deserve. That's that's my right now. So um, I expect it to happen at some point. I don't know what the UFC machinations are for his timeline and everything else. My biggest priority at this point is just to enjoy Christmas, get out of ISO, set up the Christmas tree. Yeah, important things. Uh, I have a I have a newborn baby due in January. Congratulations. So that's, Congratulations! That's the next biggest thing. Thank you. That's the next biggest thing on my on my radar, and then. After things settle down, I'll train and then I'll look to fight after March.
0: Okay, so on that, let's take Israel out of it. Let's take any loss. So you've only had five losses. How do you feel about yourself in the in the in the hours and the days after you've been defeated? Where well, you, you just had that amazing description yeah. of the twelve hour twelve week meeting lead up. What happens when it doesn't and what have you learned about yourself in that situation? The
1: best the best way is To describe it is that food loses its flavor. You know, everything tastes bland, colors aren't as bright. It's uh it just feels like everything is shit. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's the the best way to describe it. It's just like and that goes away because everything is emotions are a wave you need to ride, you know? So it goes away. You forget about it pretty quickly. But for that for that week or two after a fight, after a loss in particular, it it, it is sucky.
0: <laughs> do you, do you learn more from a win or a loss? Um,
1: I don't know. You know, a lot of people say you learn more from a loss. Nah, do you? I don't know. I've I've learned heaps from winning. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Certainly easier learning. You know, when things aren't a shit. I guess with a loss, people are just. Like your, 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 your weaknesses are just exposed. Yep. You know, they're highlighted. And um, what's your weakness? And it, and it, what's your my weakness? We- I have too many to list. <laughs> I have too many to list. Right. But I'll, I'll leave. But they're, they're well hidden, though. So I'm not going okay. not, not to okay. highlight right. them okay. here so yeah, that everyone up. can take advantage of them. But then in saying that, though, you can know my weakness, but I'll still beat you. You know what I mean? It's a,
0: it's a funny sport. It's a funny sport. It's a fascinating sport. You mentioned your kids earlier on. You just said you got another one coming on the way. This is a, a, a clichéd predictable question, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you think about the physical impact that your sport has on you moving forward as a dad and as a husband? Obviously, concussion is a major issue in world sport now. Does this enter your mind or can't it because of what you're going out there? To no,
1: do 100%. Enters my mind, and I'm very consci- I'm very conscious of it as well. So <clears throat> I'm fortunate enough that my main style of fighting is to avoid getting hit. <laughs> yeah. So <I'm> not, <laughs> good, good. I'm not one of those guys, that, but there are a lot of style of fighters that they go in there and then they they take hits, they trade hits, they go shot for shot. I'm the opposite. I try to avoid getting hit, and I, you know, yay me. Um, <laughs> I guess further than that, I have a soft cap. A soft cap on on when I want to exit the sport because I don't want to be, I don't want to be taking head trauma into my forties and and <clears throat> whatnot. That's no. I want to be there and be able to help my kids with their grade three maths. Okay. So I have to be there. <laughs> I have to have this intact still for that, as well as my body. I need my body to be able to play catch with them. So I want to run circles around my kids until they're well into their adult, <laughs> ad- adulthood. Yeah. Okay. Cause I need to be, I need to be that pinnacle. I need to be that, <laughs> that guy like, like they're, you know, they're dad. I need to be their dad. Um, so that is obviously my highest priority. And then I have to make a living with them. This is my trade. This is what I do. So I have a soft cap on when I want to exit the sport. That cap changes depending on how I am physically. So it could be earlier, it could be later. But I will not be fighting later, later at the detriment okay. of my health for any amount of money because uh, that's a big thing that I learned growing up. It's like, growing up or I should say getting older getting wiser having a family having kids all that sort of stuff a big thing I learned is that you don't need to earn millions of dollars you just need to earn enough to make ends meet and to be comfortable and if you make that then you can start and you're happy with that then you can start making choices not for money you know not dependent on money which opens up so many doors it opens up it changes your life when you're not making choices based on money
0: I've only got a couple of minutes of your time left, although let's be honest, mate, you can't go anywhere, so there's much (laughs) going on at the moment. You're the perfect guest for the show. We could do six hours with you in quarantine. Um, Have you thought about what happens when you do retire? Like talking to you now, someone that works in the media, mate, you would be an absolute natural talking in the media sense on the UFC because you're so eloquent and you're so... Wonderful with your descriptions and your analogies, like people would eat it up if you went into that broadcast side of things. I don't know if you've thought about that at all.
1: Yeah, no, I have, I have. So I would love to. Um, I've done a bit of hosting on 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 Fight Week. Yep. Which is a, which is a fox show, so I I I do like the gig. Right. I do like that. Um. That side of things, I think it's much easier than fighting.
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't typically go to work and someone punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: yeah, so I, I – and like you said, I, I think I am suited to the job. I, I can absolutely. speak. And, and reading does wonders for your vocabulary. Like, <laughs> it so, does. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I could do it. I think it is, is something I am interested in, it is a direction I would like to pursue once I'm finished with fighting. But another direction is certainly um, – I certainly, I think coaching in some aspect. So I have a I have a gym at the moment, Gracie Smeaton Grange. I'm an owner of that gym, co-owner <coughs> I, I should say. Where's that? Smeaton Grange, okay. out, out southwest.
0: <coughs> so yeah. if people in your area and they want to get involved, they can yep. come down. Would, yep. they, would they see
1: you there? Do you they train will. there? That's my main gym. That's where I train. That's where my main competitive team is. <coughs> wow, I'd yep. love to come and see that one day. Mate, you're always welcome. You're always welcome. Thank you. But um, I understand that you can't fight forever. Yes. And so obviously investments in gyms and things like that have taken place as well as I put away money for different sort of things in rainy day funds and you know, you got to be switched on. But You do. I think that some sort of coaching role at the end of my career is almost, one, I think it's a good post-career um, transition because it's, it's a way of earning money at a, at a trade I've done my entire life. So it it seems logical. It seems an easy entry. It's not like I'll be trying to convince people of my skill set, you know. So I'm pretty sure I can pick up a coaching gig at my own gym quite easily. Uh, yes. I guess. I guess the big thing is though. I I feel like I owe it to my legacy, to my trade, to my entire life to pass these skills on. I feel like it would be the greatest waste to not pass this knowledge on um, that's just something I felt like because I'm i not the best coach there are a lot of other coaches in my gym that are much better than I am <clears throat> but I do want to pass my skill set on and I feel that is my that is my responsibility to pass my skill set on just like anybody with any sort of skill set should great skill set uh, skill set
0: you've I know, doing a bit of reading, that you've—I um, don't know if it's passing on your skill set where you've you've helped out with charities before. You've spent time with indigenous communities mm-hmm. of more recent times. What's that experience been like for you, and what what do you try and pass on in that situation?
1: It's it's been a huge eye opener and uh, a perspective shift, massive. So, which which in 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 doing that, it's it's also like changed my life in ways because. You don't you don't realize I've learned so much about indigenous culture about Australian culture about our culture that um That is it it blows me away and being able to spend time and and understand and and just experience that culture firsthand is is You know life-changing it really is in what Australia Australia is such a beautiful country. The people that live in it, uh, it it, it really is remarkable. We are unique. And mate, honestly, nothing makes me more proud to be Australian than learning learning about our culture and our deep roots.
0: We mentioned in the player profile, I have two more questions for you, that you and me are both going through what can be an excruciating journey trying to learn the guitar. (laughs) Now, if you asked me to do this, I would tell you to get stuffed. Yeah. So feel free. You mentioned in the player profile that you've been working on a particular song in quarantine. The guitar is behind you.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing it. There's no way. There's no way. There is no way. I'm (laughs) sorry. I thought about it. I really did. And And I guess that's one of my fears <laughs> popping up yes. as well. It's just yes. like, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I just... Steve
0: Smith had this discussion with me, and he, the very famous cricketer, he said, no, no, he, I can't
1: do it. He's a fun fact. You know, I think yeah. me and him went to the same high school.
0: Did you? He's sort of Menai territory. Menai I High. Right, so, there you go. That's where I grew up, Menai. There you go.
1: 601, the townhouse is there.
0: And that's a nice change of what we're talking about. So you're telling me, no, you will not play the guitar, which no. I completely respect. No. Okay. No. I'll fight someone, but I won't. (laughs) I don't need you to fight (laughs) anyone. Okay. Hey, um, last question for you. We did touch on it earlier on the player profile, which was people should go back and have a listen, but we'll, we'll go over it again now. We are blessed on this show, Robert, and you will understand this question more than most because you've got a young family. That we have a lot of kids listening to the show, which I'm absolutely pumped about and I'm thrilled about. And they listen to it on the way to karate with their parents, or cricket training, or guitar lessons, or to maths tutoring or debating class, and every little person wants to succeed in their life, if you had to give them a piece of advice, and this could be a two-hour discussion, I know because you're a very deep-thinking man, I understand that. Now, what would you say to the youngsters out there that want to achieve some success and happiness in their life, Rob?
1: Mate, honestly, the the biggest advice and the one that got me through everything is just find what you like doing and don't quit. That's it. Hmm. Don't quit. Don't be a quitter whatever you do throw yourself at it but just don't quit
0: brilliant um what's this been like for you because I got to tell you mate I've done a lot of these i've ab- I've loved it it's fascinated me um it- it's a fascinating sport you're in and the mindset and the physical processes of it have blown me away Rob what's it been like for you to have a chat about it all
1: mate it is it has been a lot of fun it has been Good. a lot of fun I've done I've done a lot of interviews and, and different things like that but it's it's been fun it's been it's, the discussion is flowing yeah you know it's just, and it's it's hard to um to, to, to have a dialogue with people and, and where it flows so seamlessly and, and everything in that. So hats off to you, my friend.
0: Ah, uh, Cool, man. Well, I'm going to head. I'm coming up there for some cricket. I'm going to bring my guitar. I'm going to head down <laughs> to your gym. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get you involved and we'll play something together. It'll, it'll be
1: horrible, but we might have a crack at it. You're always welcome, more than welcome. Southwest Sydney, Smeaton Grange.
0: Hey, Rob, it's been an absolute treat, mate. Thanks for joining me on the Howie Games. May you and your family have so much success going forward. Um, yeah, I, I've absolutely loved every moment of it. Stay safe and hope to meet you in person sometime very soon.
1: You too, mate. Thanks again.
0: Just a great fella, an absolutely great fella. Thanks to Rob for helping me through the intricacies of his sport and for really taking the time to go in depth about just what is required to succeed in such a tough caper. I am right on board the Reaper bandwagon. I hope you are too after that episode. Thanks also to Rob's manager, Titus Day, for making the episode possible, to Darcy Thompson, our own lean, mean fighting machine, for going above and beyond, as always, and getting the episode done, and also to all you cool cats for tuning in. Until next time, with Cam Smith, your beauty... Peace and love.
1: And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try.